Hello, and welcome to Breakfast for Dinner with Sarah the Human. I'm Sarah the Human, and this is the Plant Daddy episode. Oh my goodness, when I think about this episode, I just smile because I'm speaking with my dear friend, Drew Hazelhurst, aka Drewski, Drewinski, Schmear, Plant Daddy, so many nicknames. I have to tell y'all first, when Drew came over to record this, we did a puzzle swap. He and I are obsessed with this brand, Piecework Puzzles, and we each have, like, no joke, probably 10 puzzles from them, and I think they might only have, like, 20 products, and we happen to only have one overlapping puzzle, so he brought this, like, duffel bag of all of his puzzles, and then I got all mine out, and we did a swap. It felt like an underground, super secret drug deal or something, but with puzzles. One of these days, maybe Piecework Puzzles will sponsor me, and that will make me very happy. Shout out to Piecework Puzzles. If anyone knows someone who works there, please help me make that happen. (laughs) I know Drew from a super special time in my life. I used to work at a company called Youth to the People. Check them out at Sephora. And I was the 10th employee. It was a very, very tiny startup when I started. Drew was technically, I think, the first ever employee. Since the startup was so tiny, Drew and I basically just did the most random odd jobs. Everyone was doing something outside of their technical job description. So I was the people and culture manager, and Drew, I think his title was like production manager, visual production manager, something like that. But of course, when there's only 10 people in the company, we were doing like the most random things. And usually we did them together. So he and I became super close over those years at Each of the People. And in this episode, we talk about some super fun moments, some horror stories of us moving the office six times, having rats in one of the offices, having no heat in one of the offices. So many fun memes, honestly. It's almost impossible for me not to be in an excellent mood every time I'm with Drew. He makes me laugh so much. And on top of him being just a freaking blast of a person, he's also a total badass. He biked from San Francisco to Los Angeles to raise money for AIDS Life Cycle. He himself raised over $100,000 for AIDS Life Cycle just by sharing what he was doing with friends and family. So many people came out to support him. I'm so proud of him. He shares his experience on the ride, what that was like, and I can't wait for y'all to hear it. And now, please enjoy Drew Hazelhurst. It's just funny because I'll be like, do a test, and people are like, my name is so-and-so, like, so quiet. Hi, my name is Drew. This is actually um, ASMR with uh, SP. Uh, This is Breakfast for Dinner and Waffles this year, too. That's the intro. You did it. I don't mean to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's very conversational. So if we go on tangents, it's fine. Which we probably will. Which we probably will. So we welcome tangents always. Cool. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I am trying to remember like the first time we met each other. I know what vividly to this day. <laughs> Wait, I do too, actually. You came in for an interview at Youth of the People. And, and we had just, we weren't even moved into the 6th Street office. And we quickly were you came in and we're like okay let's not show you this total mess that we're like trying to show off as our like awesome company to work for and we took you immediately to blue bottle coffee yes. 
And on the way, you were just like in your cute little outfit. I think you had a polka dot skirt on. Or, Did I? I don't know. You had a very, you had a really cute, like professional, but like stylish outfit. A little like overdressed for you to the people. <laughs> no, I mean like you were showing up to impress, but you, I mean, you weren't like in a pantsuit. So okay, like, good. I feel like I would be like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like you were just very quick to say, okay, I just have to be honest. My husband is at Blue Bottle. <laughs> Because we came here together and I made him wait there because I thought I was doing an interview so at the office. Like I had and my little husband drive me around. No, it was so <laughs> cute. And then like, so I guess the first time we met you and Bo, um, and we met with me and Jamie both like ate that up because we then we got there and like you were trying to be like professional and like not like look directly at him. And I was like, well, where's your husband? <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> Oh, was probably like, what the well, hell the, do I do? Yeah. He's like, but, yeah. And then, I mean, honestly, that was the awkward part was then like, we just had to go with that, have an interview while Bo was just like sitting in the corner. I was like, no, you can't sit with us, but. <laughs> I'm dying. It's funny. Cause like, you know, being married, we do almost everything yeah. together. Like we are best friends, but then there's some parts of our lives that like we don't have a look into yeah. and interviewing is, is one, of, one of those areas where when I go in person and interview somewhere, like yeah. he has no idea what the heck I'm saying, if I'm a good interview or not, like he yeah. doesn't really know and vice versa, but he literally could overhear I me I know, the blue bottle is not big. It was like, <laughs> no, I could, we could probably have done like listeners you can't see this but reaching out to touch each other that's how small this space is <laughs> so you could definitely hear and i'm like this is so embarrassing for me well like, you killed it and luckily it wasn't like a too long of like that part of the room like we wanted we did want to show you like after meeting you what we were working on with the like the new space and all that stuff so but clearly it worked out we fell in love with you i fell in love with you and yeah the rest was history the rest was history yeah and then i remember my start date uh, Jamie was like, oh, actually, we're not going to be in that office anymore. We're going to be in a different office. And my first day was in Spaces. Which was, was like, a totally different vibe. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. not the vibe. <laughs> not <laughs> no. at all. Yeah. yeah. Remember that tiny room? Well, we, which one? We moved, like, four <laughs> times. And, like, but I, that yeah. first one where we were, like, all just perimeter, like... Double to a desk, just like, yeah, we're building a company here. Yes, there was like eight of us yeah. in the smallest room, maybe like 500 square feet. Yeah, no, not even like 300. Like, it was so small. And we're like, <laughs> so we have, we're hiring for four positions, and we're like, where are they gonna sit? Seriously, like, <laughs> seriously, like, um, you're when, hired, but don't know where you're gonna sit. And then when we moved to that back corner spot, and we're like, oh, luxury. And then that filled up so quick. <laughs> We moved so many times so and nice. it was literally like you and Jamie and me yeah. moved the company and <laughs> plus Minnow. Minnow. <laughs> I was like, you can have done without Minnow. And Bo too. Yeah, for Hopped sure. In. I know. Yeah. It, I think we moved six times. Six times. Yeah. And within the span of two years. Yeah. I mean, it was just chaos. I'm just, I wonder, I still wonder what like Minnow moved me into my new apartment and I was just like, what do y'all think of us? Like. <laughs> They moved us too. I'm like, I think they were really... secretly in love with Jamie. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously he wasn't, but she yeah, like wasn't. every time, like even when like they moved me uh, personally, they were like, "So how's Jamie?" And I'm like, "What about me?" Like, <laughs> You're like Jamie, I'm right here. Thank yeah, you. I was like, uh, "She's not paying you. I am." So like, love yeah. me. <laughs> They're so sweet. So sweet. But They're yeah, so sweet. Such I'm a wild like... ride. 
Yeah, we couldn't have done it without them. But the rat office, that was stressful. That was stressful. That was disgusting, too. I mean, but there it was were... like our only, like, what else we were going to do was the only place we could find on such short notice that, like, somehow Carrie knew the, like, yeah owner i don't know it was like some weird connection that like we were able to like just like sign the lease like no nilly willy we kind of weren't just like oh we have all this money to spend on a new place and just like moving is expensive and the spaces rental wasn't cheap. i mean it was it was a lot yeah it was so much but just the rat office was like oh like we could have done better but yeah that was but it was like grimy. it's character build character building I it guess. sure was we learned a lot of character building did it not have heat or did it not have ac i, I don't remember. think it had heat it was okay. it did not have heat we were freezing in there okay. I, I was probably thriving because i'm always <laughs> running around sweating and yes hot. you probably were but everyone else was like in down parkas and like earmuffs cause... i have a distinct memory of avery with patagonia on everyone yes. was just bundled i know well, that's the crazy thing about like my job and just like being more hands-on and like I don't really have a desk job I've never had a desk job I'm always the one like hands-on building things or creating things and so I never can like empathize or sympathize with people who are cold or like that sit like just have desk jobs and that's all they do is sit and like make creative things happen or make wonderful things happen but I'm like are you not like is it hot in here like I feel like that's always my question like are you you want and they're like frigid yeah they're drinking hot water tea or something your lips are like purple and yeah. i'm like god i cannot stop sweating yeah <laughs> the days that i would help you with a project always in heels oh yeah or like oh super no dressed up super dressed up you'd be in like trousers and heels and you're yeah. like i was like um you have to put together four chairs like now <laughs> no and almost every day i would just end a t-shirt <laughs> yeah. but then it's like the one day that would like, i'm gonna project. curl my hair today I and get super dressed up yeah. i know which happened once mm-hmm. a month yeah. and then it was the same day we do a project i secretly planned it I was yeah like, I feel like she's gonna get you just today. see me come in you're like all right project day yeah for sure i just like hold them all to that one day of the month i'm like oh sb's in <laughs> heels gotta put her to work yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> you see me coming like i know what we're doing today so I want to talk about your mini nicknames. Okay. Um. Let's see. We got Drewski. Drewski. Drewinski. Yeah. Um. Plant Daddy. Plant Daddy. Yeah. Am I forgetting any? Well, Babs calls me. me and Babs call each other Schmear, but I oh, think yeah. that's like a. That's a funny story, but. How'd you get Plant Daddy? Hold. Uh, honestly, I don't know because like I love plants. I was just never really like. Oh man, I can't wait to have so many plants. Like. I always loved gardening and like loved that idea, but living in LA, it's like obviously you don't. Not everyone has a space for a garden or whatever, so right. obviously house plants are the next best best thing. And during the pandemic, I mean, obviously we were all finding like that feeling of lonesomeness and kind of like what is life and what's next or all that, you know. And the office was empty because no one was working there, and I had some plants there that just were there from being in the office and I was like still checking in on the place and I just like really found this like safe place in the office like even though I was like in alone in this like really weird warehouse in the middle of the arts district in the middle of a pandemic I just like felt peace at like taking care of these plants and then it just like they kept thriving and flourishing and I was like oh damn is it because like no people are here they're like oh we're free Mm. to grow you know and I just kind of took that as a sign also it's like your time to grow too so I just like really found a connection to plants at that time. And um, 
it got a little out of hand because like I learned about propagation and realized that literally all the plants we had there could propagate. So I was like, well, I guess I'm taking over every room. And there's the hilarious video Jamie has where she's like walking through the office and she's just like every room she goes into, there's just like a new glass with water in it. And there's a new propagation in it. <laughs> and I just like, it got out of hand, but I'm like, what else just am I going to do? Plants. Yeah. I remember stopping by the office at one point plants during the everywhere. Per- yeah, during the pandemic. Yeah, plants everywhere, one million plants. Yeah. And and then you sent me home with a plant. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, um, a, a clipping from like a Monstera. Or yeah, something. Monstera. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm like, wait, how does, I don't even know how this works, but. Yeah. But that's a cool thing. Like, I, so Monsteras are my favorite plant. Like, even when you're just growing them naturally, they have the most, I mean, there's so many plants show new life really quickly, but Monstera showed in such like an expressive way, especially like older Monsteras, because they're really, really the only ones, not the only ones, but you see the holes in them and like the like details on the leaves, like straight out of like new life. So it's just like so fun to see and they grow so fast. But even when you grow them in water, it's like you get to see the root growth and like just the growth of the plant, both like what happens underground and what happens like above land so i always just love them so much and they're all over my house now but unfortunately i live in a very dark dungeony place right now unfortunately but my uh my bedroom it gets a lot of, a lot of light and that's where all my plants are so like my my living room's like are you plant daddy and then you walk <laughs> in my bedroom and you're like oh you're plant <laughs> oh, daddy you are for sure 100 yeah. percent. that's great yeah I love how you were taking care of the plants and giving them life. And then they were like giving you life and teaching you lessons about growing during right. the pandemic. Like yeah. that's so cool how we can, you know, help nature and then yeah. nature can help us. Totally. Too. I mean, yeah. I mean, there is that like age old saying like stop and smell the roses, but like also just like stop and look at plants and like see what they're doing. Cause they really will inspire you to like do new things and grow new leaves. So. Yeah, I love how plants are seasonal. Mm-hmm. Like they're, um, I mean, I guess not all of them. Like yeah. I guess some of them stay in season forever. Yeah. But like a tree that the leaves fall in the fall or something. And then just like take a nap for the winter and then it's like, I'm back, bitch. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's encouraging to me because in this culture, I'm like, oh my God, I got to go, 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 go. Like I haven't produce something yeah. you know i haven't created something if we just take notes from nature we're meant to actually rest rest yeah and like hibernate yes no for <laughs> sure be like a hermit basically yeah i mean you gotta fill your cup to be able to like give back to the world and like be successful in the way you want to be and that's the same way with plants like they gotta rest and like save their nutrients so they can like bloom in the spring you know definitely um, what year was it that you did AIDS life cycle? Oh gosh. Pandemic years. Okay. I did it in 2019. Okay. So before the before, summer, before the pandemic? Yeah. June of 2019. Cause then, cause they didn't have one 2020 cause it was shut down cause of the pandemic. So, okay. So it was like a big milestone for me cause it was my 30th birthday, like terrifying and exciting at the same time. But um, I also had had HIV for quite a few years and had many people and friends of mine do AIDS life cycle. And I was like, oh man, I got to do that. Like not just for like the physical part of it, but also just like to be a part of that like community at that point, I really didn't know anyone else that had HIV or that if they did, you know, 
I didn't know about it. Um, and so finally I was like, this is my time. I'm going to train. And I remember walking with Greg and Joe out of the office and I was just like, hey, I have a proposal. I'm doing this like AIDS ride from San Francisco to LA. And I was just wondering if like maybe we could like put like the name on a jersey. And they're like, oh yeah, no, we'll sponsor you. And I was like, what? Like sponsor? Like I wasn't asking for that. And Madeline and Raleigh were there and they were like, oh, I want to do that too. Like within like five minutes of the, like all of a sudden I had a team. Wow. That's so cool. And it was just like this really awesome moment where me having HIV just always felt like a me thing. And I did like deal with it on my own. And all of a sudden I had this like whole support system. Like not that I, not to say I didn't have it before. Like my friends were very supportive and my family was very supportive, but like to have two people that like I was friends with, but like they were just coworkers. I would never expect them to do that they just were like oh yeah like no question that's so cool wow and then it just kind of like es- like not escalated yeah i guess but like it just kept rolling from there and then like i just was like well i guess maybe i'll just ask other people and see if they want to join um and then two other people from the team joined and another um one of their girlfriends joined and i was just like a really small team Compared to, like, other teams that do AIDS life cycle, I mean, there's a team that, like, literally has, like, 300 riders. Oh, wow. And so, like, I just felt like this puny little, like, <laughs> hi, um, excuse me, can I can I join the ride, please? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, you know, with our involvement financially as a brand, just donating to the ride and to these foundations, it was, like, we had a huge impact for such a small team. So, that was, like, really an awesome experience in my life. The ride is fucking hard, though. Like... I like riding my bike, but, like, seven days from San Francisco to L.A. camping, riding 80-plus miles a day. Like, you got to, like, I was training for it, but I wasn't full. Like, I wasn't fully training for it because I was like, I have a job. I've always, like, I know having a job is not an excuse to exercise, but. Well, you have to exercise for a long amount of time. Yeah, like, like, how long is They recommend training the October, start training the October before at the latest. Oh gosh! So that's and like they expect you to do a hundred mile ride in a day before you actually do the ride. And does that take like a whole day, a hundred miles, or how long does that take? Yeah, well, it just depends on your pace. Like everyone's different. So when I was like going fast, like I could do eighty miles in like six hours. Okay. So, okay. So a hundred maybe be like seven. No, I mean, or... I, you're like if you're doing a hundred mile ride, you should probably be doing it in probably. Yeah, I guess seven. I don't know. Okay. But still, but everyone, like, who has time to do... <laughs> like, people who love cycling. And, like, that's the thing is, like, uh, what I learned about AIDS Life Cycle and a lot of the communities, like, some people might have HIV only or some people might be writing for a loved one they lost from HIV. Some people might have it or they're recovering from an addiction or something. There's all these different people from all these different walks of life and they're all writing for a different reason that they come together for the same reason. And that was like what was so inspiring to me. And just like the love, like no matter how like awful the day is, like you're literally at like the last rest stop and you want to die. Your legs are jello. And people are just like, we could go. We're like, we're there. We're almost there. Just like, and this sounds like a lot. There's 20 more miles. And that's really like not... 20 miles on a bike, when you think about it, isn't, like, not terrible. Yeah, but or like compared when, to 80, like, you already yeah. got 60 out yeah. of the way, 20 more miles. But just, like, the encouragement from everyone, and every rest stop is, like, a new experience, and everyone's just there to, like, root you on, and, I mean, the finish line experience is, like, on, like, 
anything I've ever experienced. Like my parents came out to visit to like see me finish and I thought it was just going to be them and like my friend Calvin who lived like around the street and he was like, I'm going to throw you like a welcome home party and like my friend from Miami flew in and I had like no one, like there was all these people and like they were right on the side and like the minute I saw them, I like literally wasn't even finished riding. Like they were like, watch over the speed bumps. And I was like, oh my God, my family's here. And I like almost like flipped over my handlebars because I like started crying instantly. And the pictures that were taken, like there's some like disposable cameras and Polaroid photos that were taken of like my dad just like kind of tearing up and my mom just like losing it. And everyone just like so happy, like both ways. Like, I mean, we were just happy to be home. I'm like done. Yeah. And... But then just to, like, see your loved ones and, like, to see everyone there just to, like, support is amazing. So I'll never, cool. I'll never forget it. And also, like, part of me is like, do I want to do it again or do I want to keep that one moment, like, special in my life? Right. Like, I don't know if I'd ever do the ride again as a rider, but maybe as a roadie, like, being that person that's, like, pumping people up on the side of the street or at the rest stop or handing people food. Like, I've never understood how, like emotional food could be until like you're you rode 80 miles you had to set up your own tent drag all your bags to your spot take a shower because you're just like disgusting and then you get to like the food and they're like would you like some more and you're just like yes please (laughs) i definitely do do. (laughs) um so just even being that person that like smiles at someone like during the ride or makes their day a little bit better is probably more my vibe like i love the riding i love riding my bike but like man it's a lot so do the roadies they are in a car and then are there at each stop or how does that yeah so there's different like involvements you can be there's like people handle like luggage and they basically drive like penske big like moving trucks there's like eight of them based on like the section of like the camp you're in and they carry all your bags and then there's the people who like help set up camp and then there's the people who just do food and then i mean there's all these different things and then there's the like people who drive the toyota vans from rest stop to rest stop picking up people who like either got hurt or their bikes broken or you're just fucking done which i was multiple times you're just like first day huge headwind i was like no like i'm literally riding one mile an hour against the wind i don't have the leg strength for this i'm done did you want to quit? Oh, so many times. And one of the things um, one of my mentors told me before I started was like, the ride is the icing on the cake. The whole point of this is to raise money for AIDS research and to end AIDS. It's about the money. And this is like the fun part. And if you're not having fun anymore, be done and just go to camp and have fun. Like, yeah, a lot of people do the ride because it's their like, that's their vacation and they want to... They love riding their bike. They love being the first one to start. They love being the first one to finish and get to camp early. Some people just like doing the random, like, I'll ride 20 miles and then I'll just go to camp. And there's everyone in between. So I was just kind of like a, I'm going to go until I can't anymore. And the minute I'm not having fun, I'm not having fun and I'll just go to camp. And I'm like, okay with that, you know? Because each rider, does each rider raise money? Like, how, yeah. how does so that there's work? Yeah, so there's a minimum you have to raise. I think it's you have to raise at least five thousand. I think you can no, you have to raise three at least three thousand to qualify to ride. Okay. The first year I think I raised thirty thousand dollars. I mean that's uh, a lot of money. Yeah. And then 
the year two actually i raised more the second year during the the virtual ride which was kind of shocking i thought like it'd be like my first i raised i did raise a good amount of money the first year but the second year i just had more time to devote towards the fundraising and not so much like the training because it was virtual so was, it was more like riding your bike when you can trying to meet your goals but i just had more time to devote to like the fundraising part of it and i raised a hundred thousand dollars wow that's which is like crazy and that's like when crazy. you yeah i don't have the stats memorized but like when you look at like the cost that you can give to so many people for like you know sti testing and just giving food to elderly people who don't have homes and like all like all the different things that you know the los angeles lgbt center like do and the sf aids foundation they do so many like they provide so many services they don't cost a ton of money to provide but when you raise that much money you can provide it to so many more people it just like makes you feel good inside yeah you could seriously be like a professional fundraiser i really (laughs) think so your energy is infectious and contagious and like everyone is like all right whatever drew's doing i want to support him i mean that was kind of that i mean that was how i felt too like just with everyone at youth people they're like whatever like if drew wants us to do it yes well we're we're on it which like means so much to me you know it just speaks so much to who you are as a person yeah well i'm amazing yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) what was the campsites like so you had to set up your tent every night yeah, and so then, yeah, what was it that was like? like, well, like I'm blessed that you don't have to like carry your shit while riding the bike. I can't even imagine it. Like, I how would imagine. that even work? No, I mean, you, <laughs> you'd talk. It couldn't over. be. It could, yeah, because they literally make you buy like a bag that is probably as tall as you, like huge bag, because you have to pack seven biking outfits, a sleeping bag, all your toiletries, sleeping stuff, like all these things. I mean, people brought like air mattresses on this thing. I don't. I that blew my mind. So you get in, you drop your bike off and you're like, uh, they have, so everything has like a number and a, you're like in A through J or whatever. So everyone has their like area. So you just know what part to go and grab your bike in the morning. So it's not, cause you, after you're done riding, it's like, what's my number again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the last Can't thing. Even think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you wake up at four in the morning and you're like, gotta be on the road by six. So it's like still dark and you're like, where am I? And so everyone has their like number where you park your bike, you put your little seat cover on. So like if it's rainy or wet at night, your like seat doesn't get wet. And then you go to the gear trucks, which are the moving trucks I mentioned that like drive to each spot and each one has the same number. And you have a little necklace that has your token that has H mine was H on one side and then a number on the other side. And you just like show the person and then like try to find your bags that has the same, the matching tag on it. If you're going to do AIDS Lifecycle, anyone listening, register early because the earlier you register, the closer you get. And I didn't know that. And there were some slackers on our team. Cough, cough, Raldi. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so you had to wait on him. And he was my tent mate. So I think that's where we got put a little bit further. It wasn't too bad, but like each campsite is different based on like where you are. I remember this one camp, we were just like, on. there's a baseball field and all of the like good spots were like in the baseball field and like the gear trucks were right by the entrance. And then we were like in the outfield behind the fence on the other side. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. In the forest? No, no, like in a field, like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, that's like the tunnel like the vision where it's like the, everything gets longer when you like I was like oh my god that's so far and like that I was like I was so mad and Raldi was like determined to finish every mile of everything so I had to get the tent 
in my bag and I was like setting up my tent all alone, which I mean, it was this, honestly pitching a tent is like easiest part of the ride, but everything's like really nice. Like and clean, like the showers you have, you can take a hot shower oh, good. at the end of the day. So I like really wasn't that bad. Like I was like, I mean, porta potties are never great, but it wasn't like, Oh God, right. I can't believe I'm here. Was the um, meals the f- like the best you've ever had just because you were so tired? Yeah. I mean, you wanted to eat anything. Like, because when you're on the ride, like, it's all about electrolytes and you're drinking like these, eating these energy chews and eating these energy goos. And on the rest stops, like, they don't have like power bars or anything. It's like bananas and peanut butter and like rice crisps, like pop tarts and just like carbs and like stuff that are just good for you to like be snacking on. But like, at, re- at rest stops, I was like, God, I smell like a chicken wing or like, like you know? hot food <laughs> yeah, yeah. instead of just like processed yeah. dehydrated food so then lunch had like good like they had like sandwiches and wraps and stuff but also you're like you don't spend a ton of time eating and like because you want to just get back on the road so you can finish because if you're they have a person at the very end of the last rider and like if you don't make it by a certain time they just like say you can't ride anymore it's getting too dark and we'll just take you to camp so you want to like stay on a good pace so you're not you know the last person, even though it's not a race, I think everyone has that like innate, like, I can't be the last one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when like lunch starts like kind of thinning out, you're like, oh shit, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. hurry up. I don't want to be yeah. last. <laughs> that would be tough to be so, last. And then like literally they're all, they send alerts on like when the first rider makes it to the camp. And it was like, we're at lunch and the first rider's already no at camp. No way. Yeah. So like, but we were like late risers, like. You'd be up at four just because everyone was like zip, 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 like unzipping their stuff, like zipping their bags, taking their tents down. So you'd be awake. Would people start at four around? You can't. Then? You can't start until six. Okay. I think that's when they're like the course open. But like, you want to get up and take your gear to the truck. It's a whole process in the morning too. Like, put a, put on your shit, get breakfast. Like, so it takes about an hour just to like get going in the morning. So. If you weren't up by five, you were kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause but also, there's no... I don't know anyone that could be sleeping through the noise of, like, people... Like, hundreds of people uncamping their shit. Yeah, it was a lot. I want to hear more info on your experience with HIV. Because yeah. don't you have, like, a medicine that you take? Is it every day? or Every day, yeah. Okay. And is it, like, expensive? Or does your insurance cover it? Um, it is expensive. If you do not have insurance, it's expensive, but there's a lot of amazing programs and clinics and, um, resources that you can have to make it free or very inexpensive. So my, our, my insurance covers it. Um, but I remember when I first started at Youth to the People, I was like in a weird transition between jobs where it was like, I didn't have the health insurance for like the 90 days and I was trying to do Cobra and all that stuff. And... My at that point I was taking two medications and it was gonna be like seven thousand dollars per month if I didn't have insurance. No yeah. way. And I was just like freaking out, like And it like saved your life, right? Like I mean like I never like I have HIV. I never had it to the point of like turning into the point of AIDS, which is what happens if you, you know, are go untreated, it turns into AIDS and I, you know, I was only off the medication for maybe a month tops and I just felt really like sick, but I wasn't like going through it, you know? Um, but yeah, I take a med, I'm now luckily like there's been so many advancements in the medication that you can take for the disease. I take Dovato right now, which is like amazing. It's just one pill every day. 
Um, and it keeps me undetectable. And like, I've literally never, other than that one moment going through like a weird change with healthcare that I ever felt like it really affected me, like in a health way. Like even when I found out I had it, I didn't feel sick. Like that's how quickly I found it. I, um, honestly didn't even go into the doctor to get a test. I was out in West Hollywood and they have those like vans to get, get a rapid HIV test. And all of our friends, like when we'd go out, be like, oh my God, who actually like goes in those? Like that's so trashy or whatever. And one night we did and all my friends went in, came out, I'm good, yay. And then I went in and I didn't come out. Wow. <laughs> and they were like, so it came back um, positive. But it's a rapid test, so it could be a false positive. So we're going to keep you and do the 15-minute one and just check. And then they were like, well, this one came back negative. Huh. And so they were like, you need to go in and like get an actual like proper test done because the test, the test results are inconclusive from this. Went in the next day, terrified as hell, got the test. And they're like, okay, we'll call you with the results. And like, I already, but I, like when I look back on it, like I knew in that van that I had it. Mm-hmm. But then it just took like almost two weeks to get like the results back. Oh, uh, was that torture? Torture. And I had just started a new job and I was just like not in a good headspace. Were you just thinking about it constantly? Yeah. And then they called me and they're like, are you able to meet to go over your test results? And I was like, I already know, like, I already know I have it. Like, come on. And they made me. I was working in Beverly Hills, but the clinic I went to was like at Vermont and Sunset, like so far. And it was like, so I met them at the CVS by the Grove in the what? parking lot. That's like, what? and I like met the guy and he's like, do you want to go for a walk? And I was like, oh my gosh, you're like, just just fucking tell me. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't even get like out of the CVS parking lot before he was like, your test came back positive. And I was like, yeah, I know. Like, Otherwise, you could have told you me on the just, phone. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I think legally, like at that time, they like legally had to give you the information in person. I still have a hard time going to that CVS. It was just like a weird time, like finding out like literally we didn't even make it onto a sidewalk around the CVS. I was, I was standing in front, like there's people walking in, going to like the store. And I was just trying to deal with that. And he was just like, you're taking this really well. I was like, you just told me I have HIV in the middle of a fucking parking lot. Like, what else am I supposed to do? Like hit you and run like i don't know what to do like right no one i know here is around i don't know you i just met you today i need to go and figure this out and he's yeah like, you need well, to process you... yeah and he was like well like just let me then like i'll wait here in the parking lot if you want to wait in your car and like come talk to me after i was like no i want to just go call my mom and like figure this out so i called my mom and like i you know had this big um, i was obviously started to cry and i was like i told her and she was very supportive and but also a mom and was like, so what, like, what are the next steps? And I was like, I don't know. It's like, I just found out. (laughs) She was like, okay, 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 okay. Um, so yeah, it was just, it just was like a really weird numbing. Like it it was weird because I, I, I knew for basically since that the van I'd known for two weeks. So it wasn't like shocking, but then like finally knowing, I was like, I actually think I was crying because I like felt like I could release the cry that I'd been holding in for the two previous weeks. It was building up. It was building up. And I, like, I actually felt, like, better after I cried. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, I always cry. You know, I'm always an emotional person. Like, it's always better to cry. Um, I love a good cry. And then I called my friend Calvin, and I was like, I told him, and I was like, can I please come over? Like, I, yeah, it was a lot. And how long ago was that? I should know years better. Seven years ago? Okay, so how has it been? Because it's, is it just, you know, your whole life you'll be 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. I still have to take a pill every day, but I just take all my vitamins and it's, I live a normal, happy life and, you know, I can have sex and feel safe and I can, you know, just live my normal life and feel good. That's why I love Western medicine. Yeah. I am more of a Eastern medicine kind of gal overall, yeah. but then yeah. there's some, so many things like the vaccine or like, yeah. you know, these types of meds that this is legit stuff. Like yeah. this is pretty awesome. I mean, there's like a lot of negatives to Western medicine, but there's some like really extremely amazing positives. And like you said, vaccines and treatment for really chronic diseases and and HIV. I mean, there's a lot of, not just the U.S. and like we're doing amazing things for the, the disease, but there's so many people all over the world that are just advancing this closer and closer to finding a cure. And, and I hope that we find one in my lifetime, but until then I get to live a really healthy life. Is that what AIDS Life Cycle is helping the research? Yes, it's more, so it supports the um, San Francisco AIDS Foundation and the Los Angeles LGBT Center. So it's really providing services for, you know, people in these areas that need counseling, they need STI testing, they need places to stay, um, they just need support, mm -hmm. um, and they just need people to talk to. A lot of, you know, people weren't like me when I came out. People are kicked out of their house and shamed by their families, and they, they provide resources for those people that can, you know, find that community and find that support group, so... That's great. The um, Los Angeles LGBTQ Center is like right here, right? It's yeah, like... it's like on Santa Monica, just down a little bit. Okay, so. yeah. I think I've seen that. Yeah. That's awesome. It must have been such a relief that it was over. It was like <laughs> you biked from San Francisco to LA and yeah. that was... And you finished it. I finished it. I mean, it's such a huge accomplishment yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. That night you went out and just... Did you party or what did you do? No. Did so, you sleep? <laughs> unfortunately, no. I wish all I wanted to do was like be in my own bed. But luckily, my parents came to visit and they were staying with me. <laughs> You're like, gee, thanks. So I had to sleep on the couch. <laughs> no. Oh no! You're because so I'm sweet. Because I'm 30 years old and my parents still stay with me. No, I mean I wouldn't have had it any other way. But um, Calvin, my best friend, I think my birthday was like two days before the finish line. So. He threw me like a massive birthday party at his house. I'll probably start tearing up. It was like the most like love I felt in like probably forever. Like it was just amazing. But I was dead. I bet. Were your was your body like aching? Like were you so no, sore? No, like no. By day three, like your crotch is numb. And by the way, we can talk about what they give you to like help with your crotch. Oh, like a shaving There's, cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll just talk about it. But they give you like a. I think it literally is called chafe cream and they just oh give it and like since it's like you're on the road like they give you this like little like packet of it that looks like a taco bell like sauce packet yes i know exactly what you're talking and a about. plastic glove oh I didn't because know it's just like it's just like luby <laughs> stuff and you don't want to get your hand all gross because you have nowhere to wash your hands basically other than like the porta potty like half wash stuff so they give you the little plastic bag and you just like literally at the beginning everyone's like turning around in the corner being like no rubbing it between their <laughs> legs it looks like and on their like... ass and then by literally day four everyone just like in the middle of the field like oh yeah okay yeah. who cares <laughs> just, nobody cares yeah. everybody knows like but, not touching myself i'm yeah, just, it just it's, putting the it is what it on. is and we're all family but, yeah like don't even care yeah so my like 
my legs were just like kind of jello. Like I was just walking kind of slow. I wasn't super sore until like two days later, to be honest. Like once my body realized it was time to like, oh, now I can actually recover. I'm not getting back on another bike. It caught up to you. Yeah, but I got to Calvin's and like, he was like, what do you want to do first? And I was like, not talk to anyone and just shower. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, well, we're having a party. But yeah, and so he was like, okay. And so he gave me this like massive tiki drink and my one of my favorite drinks is a vodka tonic. And so it's just like this massive vodka tonic. And he was like, here, he put it in the shower for me. And he like immediately turned on Celine Dion. That'll get you going. Full blast in the shower. And it was like the best. Like I, and then the minute I got out, like I just wanted to sit, but all my friends were there and I could just like talk and tell everyone like the fun things about the ride. And my parents were there and I mean, they're a hoot and they had the best time with my friends. So. Also, I love how we're sitting in the pitch in the black. Pitch black. <laughs> Wait, let me turn on the light. Not okay. the overhead light. Because okay. the overhead light is literally blinding. Yeah. Which we, we I see you've taken a couple lights out of it. I, well, no. The, I mean, oh, the bulbs broke. broke. <laughs> yeah, those broke. Yeah, um, on accident. But we need, to, we need to figure out a situation because it's like seriously so blinding. Anytime we're like eating like, dinner ele- with Alexa people. Alexa lights that you can dim. Yeah, that's a great idea. We have those just ugly, when though. that lamp. They're just not cute. They're not like these are like. Oh more... yeah, true. And these are so exposed. Yeah, that's true. And they're kind of expensive, so it's yeah. like. I think... Also, I have like three Alexa lights in my house, and they all work. So. Oh, they don't. Like... Ours do pretty good. We have this living room and then a bedroom. One. And you talk to it. Yeah. Okay. Alexa, turn off Henry lamp. <gasps> <sighs> So she's also listening to everything you do all yeah, day. Yeah, I know, Alexa I mean, who isn't? listening I mean, to the podcast. <laughs> the entire, um, oh, the ASMR drinks. Ooh, <laughs> our screwdrivers that our dear Bo made us. Mm-hmm. Now we pop on like half drunk over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. wait. Celine Dion oh, reminds yeah. me of our shared love for David Archuleta. Okay. Which I honestly <laughs> didn't think anyone else on the planet listened to David Archuleta. Well, and also, I don't think I ever, like, mentioned it. I think we were just, like, going to tour, like, a venue for our all-team dinner or something. And I just, like, David Archuleta came in and I was like, do you like David Archuleta? And you just started singing it. And I was like, should we listen to a whole album? And you're like, yes. And then we, like, send each other songs now because, I mean, that was such a, like... A niche thing. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people enjoyed him on American Idol, but didn't really follow him the way we did. Right, like kept up with him and knew all the lyrics to his first album. And because he didn't even win. No, like David took one, which I was pissed about. Yeah, yeah, biggest biggest robbery on American Idol history. Absolutely. Actually, no. Jennifer Hudson losing was probably the. Oh my gosh! Well, yeah, that was (laughs) yeah for sure. Well, I think she made up for yeah, it. She's, so yeah, she's doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> that album is so freaking good. I want to go listen to it. It's so good. What a like random small thing to have <laughs> in common. <laughs> Just like um, Crush is the best song. Oh, Everyone so gotta go check it out. Gotta, Crush. Yeah. Crush just released this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 14 like, years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. Probably more it, than that. Was it really? No. It probably, feels like six years ago. Yeah, I feel like it was no. 07. It so, had a been. Yes. That was almost, that was 15 years ago. What the hell? Like, I moved what, here, I moved here July 4th of 07. That was 15 years ago. <gasps> Oh right? Gosh. Am I doing that math right? I can't not do math right now. Okay. I've had too many screwdrivers, <laughs> but I will do it later. <laughs> 15, 14 to 16 years ago. 
give that's or take. Just still too long ago. Like I know. I remember I was at church. I was at like a youth group and American Idol, the finale was on. And it was back when it was being recorded, I think. Like okay. my TV was recording yeah, yeah. it. So it was like and I was gonna go home and watch it. Okay, so it was like what was t- now DVR? Yes, exactly. And so I was TiVo. Were oh you, yeah, was it TiVo? Yeah, it was probably TiVo. <laughs> Gosh, one of those things. Which I I'm sure it was TiVo. I remember them bringing up TiVo and Will and Grace a lot, and that was definitely oh, early 2000s. around that so. time. Yeah, yeah, it had to have been TiVo. Yeah. So yeah, I kept saying at youth group like, no one tell me who wins or if you hear about yeah. it. You know, like no one tell me what happened. I'm going to go home and watch it after youth group. Some (laughs) girl, just a random girl, she was trying to be nice, I think, but she just came up to me and she said, Sarah, David Cook won. And I think she thought it was a Archuleta because it was a David. Yeah, which makes sense. Which totally makes sense. But also, I didn't even want to know if David Archuleta won because yeah. I wanted to watch, watch it. Because yeah. you got to like experience you want the it. Yeah, yeah. So she just ruined it in so on so many <laughs> levels. It was like I didn't even get the suspense, and then I was sad that it wasn't even the person that I wanted. It was a whole thing. Oh my god. Well, I don't. I've never heard about David Cook. Oh yeah. So. No. So that's that. Sucks to suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, David Cook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So much for Thank you, being SB. here. Or sorry, Sarah the human. Oh yeah, no. You I call her SB. <laughs> Inside joke. Yeah. Nickname for me too. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this was so good to so just fun, yeah. chat and catch up. Yes, amazing. I love Thanks you. for having me. I love you too. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>